Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Workrate Podcast. This is our AEW review. I am Mike Fend. I'm joined, as always, by Brad Hardcastle. Brad, how you doing? I am excellent. Excited to talk about the show. I'm pumped up from it. Had a good day at work. I'm ready to go. Yeah, there's lots of cool stuff happening this week. More stuff has continued to come out about AEW and wrestling as a whole. Um, I think we're going to... I will talk about some of those things as we go through this episode because they pertain to some of the announcements um, that mm-hmm. we got this week. Um, but we can confirm that this week's episode did 1.1 million. Yeah. Um, so that's fun. AEW continues to be healthy and doing well. And, and that's with the Olympics on and stuff too. That's cool. That That is something. Like It was a tiny, tiny dip from the week before. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we have uh, Cassidy Haynes um, continuing to report that both um, CM Punk and Daniel Bryan have signed. Um, funny enough, uh, um, what's his name? Tony Khan was on Busted Open Radio, I think, either on Wednesday or Thursday, saying that uh, Cassidy Haynes is wrong. but. <laughs> He's not. It doesn't look like. Um, it just looks like uh, Tony Khan would probably. Maybe there's some like small details about what he's saying that's wrong. So technically, he can say he's wrong. Yeah. If I think if CM Punk or Daniel Bryan hadn't signed yet, I think they would get out ahead of it and be like, "No, that's not happening." So people would temper their expectations. They wouldn't be doing what they did on this episode, and we will get to that. <laughs> yeah, um, for sure. Yeah, apparently, again, this is a little weird, but so we're going to talk about some of this news out of order, but apparently the um, the networks are unhappy with the news of uh, CM Punk and the news of Daniel Bryan. They are, they're like, well, why don't we have them mm-hmm. kind of thing? Yeah. And, um, Vince had his... I don't know what it is. It's his, it's his investor, investor call. call. Yeah. yeah, where uh, he basically said, oh, we're not worried about AEW. We're not worried about CM Punk, yada, yada, yada. But yeah. they from all, I've, all reports I mean, I've heard is they didn't, Vince and like, the higher-ups don't really seem to care about CM Punk, which is kind of good. They Punk haven't had a good relationship sense. in a long time. So, yeah. But that Daniel makes Bryan, sense. Yeah. What I have heard is that that's not the case with Daniel Bryan. Mm-hmm. Is yeah. that they are upset about that. Um, again, no one's going to confirm this, but these are people like uh, the guy for, uh, Zarian. I can't remember his first name. With Matman has been like, yes, from people in the know that he has talked to is that the feeling is that, yeah, CM Punk when he worked there, he didn't get along with people. And now that he's been gone for seven years, like it's yeah, of course Vince says that he doesn't care about him. Obviously he would take him back in a heartbeat, mm-hmm. but like the Daniel Bryan thing, like that, that's significant. He mm-hmm. was, he was in the main event of their WrestleMania. Yeah. This past year. Like, yeah, that, that is yeah. significant. Of course it would be. Yeah, and, and all he wanted to was just to be able to work with New Japan, and WWE couldn't do that for him. So, 
But yeah, the, <laughs> the thing that I find funny, like the the same week that all this is happening, or as all this stuff is coming out, like you're you're hearing leaks from people that know people in WWE saying like they're leaking stuff like, oh, uh, we 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 don't actually like CM Punk. We we don't care about CM Punk. It's like, oh yeah, I I didn't like him anyways. He's ugly. Mm-hmm. Like about an like about your like a talking about your ex and stuff like that. Like it's. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, they're, they're clearly trying to put on Safe a brave face, face yeah. but like this is this is significant. What's happening right now mm-hmm. with the upward progression that's happening? And like, here's the thing: for two weeks, they've had John Cena. Nobody's talking about WWE. Mm-hmm. Everybody's talking about AEW. Even people who don't like AEW are talking about how much CM Punk and Daniel Bryan don't matter to WWE. If it didn't matter to WWE, that wouldn't be the only subject people are talking about. Yeah. Like, it's the For only sure. thing people are talking about. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, like, it got, asked, it got asked about in your investors meeting because it matters. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah, they're, they're two legit draws to probably last, not the last two, but like two of the biggest actual money-making draws that were free that people will definitely tune in to watch wrestle. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's a, uh... yes, yeah, so let's get into this episode. Cause there was, there's a lot in here. It was a breathless episode, which is yeah. be how I would describe it. And... They've been doing this a lot lately, which is, I love it, but it's also like, it's hard to like relax when you're sure. watching. This. There, there's some <laughs> segments I just straight up missed when I was mm-hmm. watching it. Cause it's like, I need to look away from the TV sometimes. Mm-hmm. And even in it. commercials, they have shit going on. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. <laughs> Which we'll get into in the main event thing. Oh, Do yeah, some. for sure. <laughs> we actually saw different commercials in that. I actually had a different commercial break from you, which is interesting. Oh, that's awesome. Or not um, awesome like it, but... it happened at a different time. Like I missed the two promos that led mm-hmm. into it. Oh. You know, when I said like, oh, do you have a commercial during the middle of Moxley's promo? And you said no. Mm-hmm. I did. They didn't have a commercial break in the main event for TSN in Canada. It oh, was, we got essentially was... we essentially got the uh, the the fight feed. Hmm. It was picture in picture here, so you could still watch what was going on. But mm-hmm. they still said picture in picture, and we normally get all the same picture in picture stuff. Just we get the Canadian commercials instead. Mm-hmm. But they uh, they didn't do it. Like uh, I guess TSN knew that this was a big deal. Yeah. So they put the commercial on in the uh during the promos, which is it's very interesting. It shows that they're paying attention yeah. in Canada. That they're mm-hmm. like, we don't want any commercials during this because people are gonna be watching it. Yeah. So I thought that was an interesting little audible that they called that you guys didn't get. Mm-hmm. Um Okay, so yeah, let's get into it right away. Um the first match was crazy. Um, let's, let's hear your thoughts on it before. Oh, this was awesome. I had a lot of fun watching this. It it was, I mean, the, the dark order and hangman entrance alone was like, like entrance of the millennium, man. I was crying watching it. I was like, what is this? Why are they doing this? (laughs) Started off. This is amazing. And the, the elite's entrance was hilarious. I, it's funny because I didn't even think about it. Until the, I think commentary mentioned it something about you could check out 
uh, Space Jam now on HBO. I was like, oh yeah, they're doing the tie-in. That's that's funny, but they did it with the heels, which makes it even better for the corporate tie-in and stuff. So, but yeah, this this whole match was a lot of fun. It was fast-paced action. Had some really scary uh, miss spots, and but it seems like everyone's okay, so that's good. And, but yeah, I had a lot of fun watching this. And if you haven't watched it, go out of your way to watch the Dark Order's entrance. It is a thing of beauty. It was like it was like super like for me especially the uh like the the video had a lot of really good technical aspects to it that mm-hmm. were really cool but when they came out on the stage i legit got choked up me too like when the spotlights came out so we have to talk about like i'll talk about everything that they did here so at first they have uh it's panning across all the different dark order members and they're it's it's like close up shots and they're in front of a barn and their their shadows all have cowboy, cowboy. hats. Yeah. <laughs> which are moving in time to them, so that was really cool. Um and the narrator sounds like your like prototypical Western narrator. Mm-hmm. Like it sounds like sounds like Sam Elliott. Yeah, he had that gruff in his voice and that slow draw is oh man, this was just so he, perfect. He's like a, la- a lasso doesn't make a cowboy. Mm-hmm. The clothes don't make a cowboy. Cowboy doesn't need a hat. <laughs> um, and uh, then it pans out, and then it goes to the the wide shot of the stage, and they had Hangman Page's music hits, and his video is in the background, but it's purple instead of orange, mm-hmm. which I loved with the horse. And then it goes, and to the beat of his music, he goes, ka-chung, ka-chung. Mm-hmm. and these the spotlights are coming down on all the guys in the uh, in the dark order, and they're all standing out there. They all have uh, purple bandanas over their yeah, face. Yeah, look like they're, they're going to rob a train. And I couldn't quite make this out, but people on Twitter were saying that there was an extra spotlight for Brody Lee. Oh man, I didn't notice God. that. Damn. Gonna give me a cry right here on the, the podcast. But and then they do a final one and out comes Hangman. He's in the purple gear. Mm-hmm. He's got oh my it's god. Purple, and, it's a purple duster jacket, man. That was so sweet. And he throws up the, the hand symbol with the rest mm-hmm. of the Dark Order, and they come out together and the, and the crowd the is blew, losing their minds. The roof blew off the damn place. Um and like you said. Then the elite come out, and what I love about the elite is it, they treat it as heels that don't realize they're the bad guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> they're like, "No, you guys should be cheering for us." Yeah, we're the Toon Squad. <laughs> we're the. And um, I like how every one of them was six foot six. Even Gallows is six foot six, but he's taller than six foot six, which is funny. That's funny. <laughs> they all had different numbers. Gallows was uh, sixty nine. Carl um, Anderson was twenty twelve. <laughs> I didn't notice that one. Yeah. Um Yeah, and they're wearing uh the Elite at least were wearing the Space Jam Jordans, mm-hmm. which was amazing. Yeah. Um and in what is probably my favorite um like small, like low key long term booking, um Kenny of course came out to his North Carolina. I was mm-hmm. like, wait, he's coming out to Michael Jordan's spot yeah. on the Toon Squad. Yeah. In North Carolina. Yeah. That's why um, um all of them are six foot six, because that's Michael Jordan's height. 
which is what made me laugh. I was like, I was like, wait, were they thinking about the North Carolina announcement as Michael Jordan um, in North Carolina a year ago when he first started doing that? I'm that, sure. Or like not a year ago, but like three quarters of a year. Like that is some weird, weird long term booking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I always knew we were like, oh, yeah, he's going to do the North Carolina in North Carolina. And that's going to be funny. But the fact that he came out in Michael Jordan's spot mm-hmm. wearing his jersey, I was like, that is so funny. Yeah, that is that is next level thinking yeah. there that people won't they, even think of. They said he's even from North Carolina, which is a first time I think they've actually said he's from North Carolina. Usually they say he's not from North Carolina, but that's funny. Um, the other thing that was, this was one of quite a few, this is a more of the more low-key one, but it is a little bit of a CM Punk tease because it's the Chicago Bulls thing. Mm-hmm. It's Michael Jordan. It's that whole bit. And then they had, uh, they, they come down to the ring and they all have basketballs and they're dribbling and they've got a net out there and they go out and they do like a, like a train of shots and they yeah. all hit their shots, like six shots in a row went in. Nick Jackson hit a jumper from like I a, think good, a good distance away. When the elite were dribbling, I think Nick is the only one that actually plays basketball because Nick can as, play as good as Kenny Omega is at pro wrestling. He could not handle a ball at all. <laughs> oh no. Kenny Omega is not a bad, but the, the Jacksons do play and mm-hmm. Nick Jackson is a good basketball player. Yeah. He does lots of trick shots on BTE mm-hmm. where he'll like his kids will be playing and he'll throw the ball like up over his shoulder and get it in easily. That's awesome. I don't know how many times he practices it, but mm-hmm. he's uh yeah. he actually is quite good. Um, yeah, so the match was it was great. Um, yeah, so the, it gets started and <laughs> it, it 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 was a wild one. I'm just going to talk about the eliminations. Um, yeah, the, the first elimination was Reynolds. He got he got eliminated by Carl Anderson via roll up, of course. Mm-hmm. Then Anderson would get eliminated by Uno and Grayson hitting the fatality, which I loved. Yeah, and then speaking of fatalities. Um, Grayson oh, man. did a springboard corkscrew moonsault onto the group of guys on the outside and just fucking cleared them. Yeah. <laughs> like he, he went a little bit too far and just cracked his head off the ground. Mm-hmm. And at first I was the, the, because John Silver runs over and checks on him. You can see him talking to him. And then they showed the replay. I was like, damn, his head smacked hard. Yeah, off the right on that diamond plate too like of the ramp like it yeah, wasn't even the luckily padding, it's it not like, diamond plate it's yeah that, it's that, <laughs> that stuff that foam. they covered yeah. up the uh the it's the stuff that jericho fell through yeah yeah um but then but, he and um gallows battled out into the crowd and then they went off and they got counted out and it was like oh were they just trying to get grayson off to the back to get checked i thought up that but well, they're out in the crowd. Grayson jumped off a balcony again, so he's got to yeah, be. He, <laughs> he did a diving axe handle onto uh, onto <laughs> on Gallows. Just like yeah. okay, no. On second thought, like no, he mm-hmm. looks uh, he looks just fine. Yeah, just a scary looking moment because I mean his head hit the ground like hard. Yeah, like it, it bounced. His head mm-hmm. bounced off the ground. I was like, oh shit! Like that was very brutal. Um. Uh. Yeah. So then. Uno would then get uh, 
Uno would get eliminated. So that was Gallows and Grayson got eliminated there. Mm-hmm. Then Uno would get eliminated by Kenny Omega via the one winged angel. And then a very game John Silver. Yeah. Um, this is his first match back too. And he got to do his like uh, run wild spot, which was awesome. And yeah, he looked he looks so good in this. Um mm-hmm. Hangman got taken out at one point by a power bomb on the apron. So John Silver was basically going one on three for a while. And he mm-hmm. was doing well, but he's John Silver and eventually got taken out by a BTE trigger. And then it was Hangman against all three of the elite. And I was like, uh oh. Immediately I was like, Hangman's not winning this. Yeah. There's no way. And in hindsight, yeah, of course. Because nobody's going to beat Kenny Omega. Like, that's not going to happen in this match. Mm-hmm. Like, in, like emotionally, we all wanted it to happen. But, like, there's no way that was going to happen with him as yeah. the champion. And yeah. especially when Hangman would have to go through the two tag champions and then Kenny. Like, it wasn't happening. He did go through Matt Jackson, though. He did eliminate Matt Jackson. Mm-hmm. And Hangman kicked out of the BTE trigger, the Meltzer driver, multiple V triggers. Like they threw everything at me, kicked out. Who got the, uh, we didn't talk about it. Who got the slam dunk indie taker? Oh fuck. That was, I think that might've been, uh, um, that was silver. Silver. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> silver took a, uh, an indie taker on the outside where Matt Jackson went up to hit it with a slam dunk into the, into the net, which mm-hmm. he, didn't get and then he jumped up and put it in and went, and went that's how it was supposed to go yeah that was funny what he because he missed because you could tell he didn't want to slam too hard because then he still have to come down and connect for the indie taker so mm-hmm. then he gets up and does it again and just yells at the camera that's how it was supposed to go <laughs> <laughs> yeah so that was really good um mm-hmm. yeah so hangman eventually gets hit with the one ring angel and does not kick out because he shouldn't he he eventually is going to kick out of it, but that's going to be when he wins the title. Yeah, until that I, th- time. I kind of thought, though, when he did the one wing angel, I was like, are they going to have him kick out of it right now? Like, for a split second, I was like, maybe they'll do it here. Yeah, maybe, maybe. <laughs> I mean, what I liked the first time he faced Kenny and he lost to him, he put his arm up. <laughs> like, he tried to kick out, but couldn't get his shoulder up. Yeah. Um, this time, no, he went down for the three. And... I again, I really like this finish because it would not have made sense for him to win there. Yeah, especially if they're doing the three on one, because you don't. As much as I wanted to see it, and I'm sure everyone wanted to see Hangman win here, because mm-hmm. I was going nuts. But to have him run through your tag team champs and your world champ is that's a little bit much. You don't yeah. want him. You want him to look strong. But you don't want him to look like too strong. If that makes sense, like you don't want him to seem like he's unbeatable. You gotta have a little. Mm-hmm. You gotta make it a little believable in him. There's money in the chase, as they always say. Is what I'm trying to get at. Yeah. So it's this is clearly the uh, the next hurdle for Hangman, and I like it because it actually. I'm hold. On, I'm gonna say this for one. Can you turn down your mic a little bit? I'm mm-hmm. hearing myself a little bit on your end. Normally, sometimes I'll just turn down your volume in post if I hear that but there like, we go. it's like a tiny faint echo i got you okay cool yeah so hangman this is his well we don't know if it's his final hurdle but it's the next hurdle for hangman and this makes sense and i 
mentioned it to some people earlier today is that this is a uh, hangman. He was down on himself and then he hid behind alcohol and then his friends picked him up and he's sort of been relying on those friends to help mm-hmm. him. Now his friends are still jobbers. So they, they're obviously not going to be able to beat the elite. Like they mm-hmm. don't match up there. So it made sense that they lost, but also Hangman now has to lift himself up. Yeah. Instead of now it's time using for the, his friends. The Rocky montages and all that. Because uh, I don't know if you want to talk about it, but there's those rumors and reports that saying that they changed the, the ending. I think we're all getting worked because I still think it's Hangman and Kenny at All Out. I'm, I do too. I'm planting my flag in that. It's Hangman and Kenny at All Out because AEW is not that dumb. They're not dumb at all, but they're definitely not that dumb to... That's like their biggest match, and Hangman is the most over guy in the whole company right now. You you got to have that at your biggest show of the year. I I do agree. However, um, if I mean, we can talk about. We've all been hearing that uh, CM Punk is likely to be there at Chicago at All In. Um, there is the an understandable uh, thinking that. If CM Punk comes out, he takes away from Hangman's spotlight. I've seen that too, which is... So, I get it. Mm-hmm. That's a, that's an argument I understand. I still would like Hangman to earn his, earn his shot on his own by mm-hmm. beating people or... Because I don't see Christian being the main of... Being the challenger at all. Nah, nah, that nah, doesn't nah. make We're sense to me. Jungle Boy versus Christian all out. I'm calling that too. But... Uh, yeah, it's, I don't know how they could do it, but I, we got to get a Rocky montage in there at some point with Hangman. Oh yeah. Ready for Kenny. <laughs> it's too bad. It's not uh snowing so that we could have him. <laughs> yeah, it's running up a mountain in snow and stuff. Yeah. At a, <laughs> at a remote cabin. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but yeah, it's, uh, this is cool. The, like there, there have been. There have been some reports. I think this was Cassidy Haynes again that said that, uh, and this could be where Tony is saying, "No, this isn't true." Well, we'll have to, see. and we we won't ever know because there's no way of confirming this. Mm-hmm. Um, that Daniel Bryan and CM Punk have forced them to alter their plans a bit, like change yeah. their creative, which would make sense anyways. Of course, you would have to write them in, so mm-hmm. you'd have to change things a bit. Yeah. And this could be what he's talking about, and but this could also be a little bit of a red herring. Um, yeah, I, pers- I don't think I don't they even know if you have Punk, Punk or wrestle. Brian. Yeah, I don't even know if you have Punk wrestle at all out. Like it might even be too soon. Mm-hmm. And it's for me, it's absolutely too soon for him to go for the title. Yeah, yeah. Like, you don't want to WCW or early TNA Impact do it where. Uh, a big star comes in and then they are immediately in the title match. You don't want to do that. Yeah. Do like, do what you've done with Christian, mm-hmm. have him earn it. And they know that they do know that they have to get into major feuds. Um, mm-hmm. And we will get to that in due course. Um, let's move on to the next segment or else we'll be here forever. Um, <laughs> and this was uh Pac and Andrade having a little, exchange with each other verbally in the back and um packs back there with marvez and he's saying that 
it's supposed to be the death triangle back there. He's like, oh yes, I'm alone because somebody called the uh, called off the the transportation for the Lucha Brothers. Their cars were canceled, so they're not here. They're not at the arena. And then Andrade shows up with with Chavo and his assistant, and he says, ah yes, uh, the Lucha Brothers cars they didn't make it to them but don't worry i had their back i got them in limos they're riding in style mm-hmm. everything has been handled and then he tells him maybe you should take a little better care of your friends the lucha brothers or else they're gonna understand who really has their back and sneaky, i love sneaky. here that he called pack his little friend mm-hmm. he's like listen here my little friend <laughs> wonderful yeah yeah um, i like too that uh chavo uh, explained to Pac in the most condescending way what a limousine was he's like you know it's a long car that you take people drive you around in you know it's funny yeah it's really good <laughs> and i like that Pac in this exchange was it's like okay i'm outmatched here <laughs> like uh yeah. in this uh war of words so, like you could see he got frustrated and i'm like this is this is really very good. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm excited to see where this goes. Yeah. Okay. So moving on to Ricky, the Ricky Stark celebration. Th- <laughs> this was funny. It wasn't. It was a little silly, for sure. Yeah. But it felt I a little loved, rushed. But this was a it did. show. So everything did. on the show <laughs> felt a little rushed until the end. Mm-hmm. They managed to mm-hmm. squeeze everything in early at the beginning, and then because mm-hmm. the first match was like forty minutes. Yeah, like from intros to the end of the match, it, like they they took up, up most of the first hour. So it's like, holy mm-hmm. shit, how are they going to fit all this in here? <laughs> it starts it has little Taz on top of this giant podium. I thought he was in. I really thought Taz was in a DJ booth at first, and I was like, holy <laughs> shit, is he going to be a DJ? But <laughs> he was, yeah, he was at the top of this giant booth, <laughs> like <laughs> floating over the crowd. It looked like it was hilarious. <laughs> it looked like he was on a float. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, he calls out uh, Ricky Starks, who who comes out wearing all white. He's with Hook, who's got roses, which he hands to him in the ring, which is really funny. Mm-hmm. Um, Some girl kisses have... Starks on the cheek and like loses her mind and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> they had a New Orleans brass band, which was cool. Mm-hmm. Um, it's funny to see uh, New Orleans band with one black guy in it but whatever <laughs> yeah. that was interesting i was like what the hell i've watched mm-hmm. treme mm-hmm. <laughs> um i was like what's going on here yeah uh but this was good and then of course oh no so sorry i forgot stark starts cutting a promo and he's talking about how cage was always starting problems with the group and starks had to cover his back he talks about how Cage never checked up on him after he broke his neck. And he says that uh, Cage has is a complete void of charisma, which is like, ooh, that's mm-hmm. a, almost a little too close to home. Yeah, that's um, like the biggest actual criticism on Cage. Which is... Yeah, he's, he's got no personality. <laughs> um, and then some people in the crowd started heckling him, saying that they couldn't hear him. And, he, mm-hmm. and then he tells the crowd, you can't hear me because you're inbred. <laughs> and they just, he shut that shit right mm-hmm. down. I was like, God damn, Ricky. Um, He's too good, man. 
Yeah, and then Cage's music hits, and it's got the Terminator beginning to it, where Cage, mm-hmm. where Taz's uh, "Fear the Path of Cage" or whatever was mm-hmm. before, and uh, I like that. He he walks out and he just destroys two of the band members. Man, that guy that got hit with the bass drum that did not look fun when he fell down with the bass drum on his head. That didn't yeah, look fun looked, at all. <laughs> it, he sold it really well. Um, yeah. And he takes the trombone from one guy, uh, goes in the ring and breaks it. And Jr. without any prompting, says, there's no place for trombones in wrestling, which was really nice because of Xavier Woods. Yeah. With, Did you uh, see Xavier Woods uh, tweet reply back to it on the same night? Oh, yeah. It's like, it like him in a room with a whole bunch of trombones. <laughs> and, he, and he's just like, we're here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And uh, then Cajun Hook scamper away. Yeah, it was, uh, it was good. It was short. It yeah. did Where was Hobbs rushed. at? Where the heck was Hobbs? I wonder if he couldn't make it to the show last night or something. Yeah, Hobbs, uh, Hobbs wasn't there. Um, but yeah, I like the visual of those two guys, and they're all white. Um, mm-hmm. It's good. We're, I have to, have to think at some point uh, Cage is going to maybe attack Hook to get to get he's at, uh, gonna have to he's gonna have to fight i imagine at one point he's gonna wrestle every member of team taz before this is all over for sure okay so this next this next thing oh this man is, this is so oh this so is out so of cool. left field and yeah. so wonderful we get this grainy vhs footage of <laughs> hiroshi tanahashi go ace my man go ace go ace Mm-hmm. Um, and it was really good. They had his music in the background, which just makes my heart swell. Yeah, me too. It, it's just so it, cool. It's like so it feels epic. so good. It feel mm-hmm. you just feel warm mm-hmm. when you hear his music. And he talks about how. Um... Sorry, where am I? Oh yes, he talks about how uh, he's won every title in New Japan, with the exception of the. IWGP US title mm-hmm. and he then he cha- he lays out the challenge to Archer for the title and he says it's going to be in New Japan it's re- it's since then come out that it's going to take place on US soil in LA at the Resurgence event mm-hmm. which is in which is on August 14th yeah however since that time and I'm going to you know what I'm going to talk about this next promo that relates to this Mm-hmm. Uh, Moxley cuts a promo later, and this was fucking beautiful. Yeah, he says, "I was in an airport bar the other night, and I looked up, and I'm looking at the uh, at the Croatian and the French water polo team, and I'm like, how the fuck did you get into Japan when I've been <laughs> sending contracts and and uh, and flyers to to New Japan for two years, and they they've been ducking me. Hiroshi's been ducking me." He's like, no one's been answering my calls. I can't get over there to save my life. And then I dropped the title to to Archer. And of course, there's Hiroshi Tanahashi. He's in the States now. He wants to fight all of a sudden. He's like, mm-hmm. you know what? You don't get Moxley. Yeah. Like, you don't get to face Moxley. I'm going to send a stack of contracts out to New Japan. And whoever walks through that forbidden door, I will fight you. Yeah. So he's sort that sounds like we're going to get a few more New Japan people coming over. I hope so. To, to face Moxley in the meantime. Yeah. Because yeah. if they're doing was... that, 
they're doing that LA show. So I imagine some new Japan guys will be here in the States for sure. Absolutely. Um, and it has been reported. It was by the wrestling observer. They said that I believe it was the wrestling observer. They said that, uh, John Moxley has been trying to talk Tony Khan into bringing over a specific person to face him at all out from new Japan. And, it looks like we're going to get Moxley versus Hiroshi Tanahashi at All Out. Which, which... will be amazing. Fuck yes. Oh my so God. yeah, the, the Tanahashi at All Out, that crowd's going to go nuts. Yeah, man. That, and that <laughs> show's already sold out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's been sold out for weeks now. Yeah. I weeks. have a feeling, we've talked about it, I think Tanahashi's going to win. Yes. That way he can say he has all the titles. You know, he's he's getting late in his career, so... That'd be good for him to have every belt. And then I say, I think Moxley comes out and challenges him at um, all out. Yes. Yes. This will be good. Um, yeah. I'm hoping we see, and we got some, we got some other new Japan stuff later on in the show. Uh, we will talk about that, but I think we will see a steady procession mm-hmm. of new Japan people in AW for Just. a while now. Please, Tony Khan in New Japan, give me Minoru Suzuki on Dynamite once. Please. You've already given me everything else I've ever wanted in wrestling. Now give me Minoru Suzuki on TNT. I think that is an absolutely safe bet. Mm -hmm. For sure. Because he's also somebody that likes coming over. Yeah, he loves the States. Yeah, I don't know if he'd ever want to live here, but he loves coming over here at least. For sure. Absolutely. He likes to travel around and do weird things. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, so the next match we had this is this was an unfortunate one because this has been yeah. for so long. This was FTR versus Santana Ortiz, and as we've said, this was a match both you and I were looking forward to heavily. But it took them a really long time to get to the match. Not here, but just in general, like <laughs> since um, the blood and guts, they've been yeah. building this match between the two, and it took a long time to get here and it finally got here and unfortunately despite i thought it being a really well worked match oh yeah they were working so well together but then unfortunate things happened then but unfortunately dash wheeler sliced his arm open badly on the turnbuckle yeah and um they had to rush to a finish i don't actually know how long the match was going to go beyond that point because the show was still tight for time. Mm-hmm. So I don't really, uh, I don't know what they filled it with. If, if it was, uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. I don't know either. It probably, it probably wouldn't have been much longer. Maybe there'd have been a little bit more of a screwy finish or, mm-hmm. cause the ending kind of felt clunky. Cause I, I, I didn't even notice he cut himself until I watched it again. Cause I was, I, I, was like, I noticed him. I know when he got knocked off the top rope and I saw him sort of walk away mm-hmm. from uh, from the corner in a way that looked like something was wrong. Mm-hmm. And then I saw he was gone for a while and I was like, uh-oh. I yeah. sort of had, I had a bad feeling about it. And then they showed him briefly with the medical At the end trainers of the match, and I was yeah. like, oh shit. Yeah. And then like 10 seconds later, match was over. Yeah, um, which they could even play that up like oh you guys want to play dirty okay and then like they can do like a hardcore match or something at all out 
well, between the two teams. Here's the thing. I don't think it happens at All Out. What I think happens is they do... Well, I mean, they could do it at All Out. But I think we get... I think it's safer for like New York. At, in New York. Yeah. That's where they I did it in North Carolina, the FTR's home turf, and then they'll do it in New York and uh, Proud and Powerful's so home turf. Yeah, unless they had... I don't know. We don't know what their plans were beyond this. Because, mm-hmm. um, yeah, because I don't know. They're not... Neither of those teams are really in the Young Bucks wheelhouse or are in their orbit right now, so I mm-hmm. don't see that happening by the time September rolls around, but you never know. It is... Is it August now? It'll be August on Sunday. Okay. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> this summer is going by really quickly. Yes, um, it is. My son goes back to school in two weeks, which is just nuts. That's crazy. <laughs> you guys go back to school so much earlier in the States. We don't go back to school until September. It's not even all the states down here. It's just like my area, like the state of Oklahoma. They go back. To, we go back to school super early, but we get out early too. We get out in like mid-May. Yeah, because you guys are a little hotter. Mm-hmm. I think that's probably why. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So, again, unfortunate match. And it had to be hard for these guys because they have been waiting yeah. for this match for a long time. Yeah. And probably, they probably delayed it a little longer than it needed to be to have it in Carolina. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but that's, I also thought the crowd was they bizarrely didn't seem... quiet. Yeah, they, they they popped for all the big moves, but they didn't they weren't like as good as this match was going, they weren't as hot for it as I thought they should have been. I thought they would have been much louder for FTR. Mm-hmm. And I was like, huh, this is very strange. Yeah. But I, they could have been tired, still worn out from the first that, match. And well, stuff. That's the that's the double edged sword of putting a match like that on to start. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, it gets everybody hot, but then and also with Hangman losing, everyone's yeah. just like, oh, deflated. Yeah, and they know what's coming in the main event, too, so they're... Yes, they're biding their time yeah. and waiting with bated breath because they don't know how <laughs> that shit's going to go. <laughs> um, okay, then this this next uh, segment, I don't know if it it's uh, really registered with everybody, but uh, we have Britt Baker in the back. She says that she um uh Nyla Rose has proven that she that she's capable of breaking bitches. She's done it to uh to Britt Baker twice. She broke her wrist, but unfortunately for Nyla, she was able to tap Nyla out with a broken freaking wrist, which I thought was a nice uh mm-hmm. tribute to Kurt Angle. Yeah, they're um, both from Pittsburgh, so that makes sense. <laughs> that that was really good. And she says that uh Reba's hurt, so she she's not so good in terms of backup for her. And she knows that while she's injured, everybody in the back is going to be gunning for her, looking to take her title, looking to hurt her around every corner. So she's going to bring in some backup. And I'm very curious as to who that backup would be. I've seen one rumor online. And again, this is 1000% just a Twitter rumor. It's Mm -hmm. not from any source. Um, but yeah, it had people, a cool Photoshop though. <laughs> but they, the idea was it's the Iconics could be the backup. I was like, oh, that's interesting because they are friends. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think they would necessarily be the best backup, 
but they would be they'd be good seconds to her, mm-hmm. and then Britt could run that a little stable, yeah. which would actually be perfect if mm-hmm. I'm being honest. Um, my my the two people that I think would be good, and it depends how they how they want this backup to be, whether they want them to be like silent killers or they want them to be have more personality where that would be where the iconics would fit in but the two that i was thinking of and again this is just off the top of my head based off of nothing would be killer kelly uh-huh. and marina shafir who was uh recently released yeah. from her nxt contract who's looking jacked lately too yes the uh <laughs> the wife or girlfriend of wife of, of Roddy Strong. Strong. Mm-hmm. Legit and, MMA uh, background. She trains Ronda Rousey in MMA. She's part of her four horse women. So she's got the legitness. Mm-hmm. And she she was somebody that didn't really put it together with NXT. But mm-hmm. somebody else with similar um, legit credentials who didn't put it together with NXT was Ty Conti. Mm-hmm. So, and we all see how amazing she is now, so... If so, if I was to bring bring in somebody with who could just mean mug and be like the heavy for a female led group, like Marina Shafir sounds great to me mm-hmm. personally. Um, yeah. So, uh, who do you think uh, her backup will be? Uh, I I like your picks. I like the iconics. I had told you earlier that I thought uh, Ruby Soho, formerly Ruby Riot, uh, Heidi Loveless, formerly known as would be good but then you you pointed out that would be a good fit but then i thought i was like well if they did it they could do like the where she's like hires her as a bodyguard and then the bodyguard eventually turns on her type mm-hmm. angle like wardlow the wardlow yeah. story mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah do something like that but yeah i think i like your idea of the iconics i or killer kelly would be great i'm surprised she's not signed anywhere but she, I, I think that's she's european yeah she's european so it could be visa issues but i mean killer kelly would be amazing she is such a awesome talent that AEW could do great things with. I don't or maybe really... they do um like Layla Hirsch or something. She doesn't really have a storyline going on now and she's she's jacked. She'd be good muscle. She could she'd be great, yeah. And she she's not she's a fairly quiet person. Mm-hmm. Like she's got quiet but intense energy, which is good. Yeah. Um yeah, it's a uh, it's interesting. There's there's a lot to there's a lot of uh, hidden potential there. Just, just have have her bring in Abaddon. That's her muscle. <laughs> okay, and now this is crazy. Like there are, there were two things that everybody was talking about at the end of the show, and this mm-hmm. next segment is the first one. This was Tony Khan's announcement. Tony Khan didn't actually make this announcement because I think they realized that they had such a jam packed show that they didn't have time. Mm-hmm. So they had. Uh, Tony Schiavone come out and announced that on August 20th, um, they're doing a rampage in Chicago. So this is the fourth event within two weeks um, mm-hmm. at the United Center. And it's called The Last Dance, which it, which they said was um, they it was reported that they had. Uh, I, I think I, I mentioned this. They had trademarked the phrase The Last Dance a, mm-hmm. a week or so ago. Is and, it the last dance or the first oh, dance? Oh, sorry. The, the, the first dance is... Uh, sorry, it's called The First Dance. I yeah. mix this up. The last, last dance, dance is... is the name of the song that... Mm-hmm. Um, that What's his name? Um, CM Punk posted 
yeah. a week ago. And it was do 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 do. It was the Michael Jordan documentary it's called "The Last the, Dance." The walkout Time. music for mm-hmm. the for the Bulls in the nineties. Yeah, yeah. So uh, this is called the first dance, and as soon as they said the first dance, the crowd, like on cue, just starts chanting CM Punk. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. They basically all but announced CM Punk without saying it. No, this is like when they would say, oh yeah, we know someone else who can, uh, who can challenge Kenny Omega for the world title. And then they, and then the crowd starts chanting cowboy shit. Mm-hmm. They know yeah. how to tee it up for the crowd to make the announcement for them without actually making the announcement. Yeah. It's brilliant. Um, and then leading directly after this, after they've made that announcement, it cuts to Darby Allen and Sting in the back. And Darby Allen says that he lays out the he lays out a challenge saying that he's been around a lot of men who claim to be the greatest, and there's only one place to prove that, and that's right here in AEW, even if you think that you're the best in the world. And I my fucking clothes just blew off. Yeah, my everyone in the crowd went, ooh, too. I like that. They didn't even <laughs> they stopped chanting CM Punk. They're just like, oh uh, yeah. <laughs> They're like, wait, so the so it looks like we're the first match we're gonna get is gonna be Punk versus Darby, which is crazy. Mm-hmm. At the very least, we're gonna get a confrontation between the two. Yeah. Um Yeah. Yeah. And it it worked because uh they had already sold out, pretty much already sold out. Yeah. So, yeah, we can talk about this right now. So there were people who were saying that, oh, AEW shouldn't be doing this. This is this is a tough sell. It's the fourth show in in within two weeks of it or two or three weeks of each other in the same city. It's a much bigger venue. It's yeah, it's bigger for, than what they're doing for all out. <laughs> it's only for an hour show. Mm-hmm. Um it's the same night as SummerSlam. Is it or, really? Or no, it's or, the same weekend as SummerSlam. Yeah, it's SummerSlam the, Saturday. It's the so SmackDown is... before SummerSlam, mm-hmm. but it's the same weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is... They still haven't officially announced CM Punk. They're not going to do that. He's just going to show up. Oh, yeah. And yeah. so they He's have, got to debut on the show, man. Or the... <laughs> Because the CM Punk chants are going to be through the whole show, unless he comes out Chicago right at the beginning. Chicago will burn down. Mm-hmm. Chicago will burn down if he's not there. Yeah, it's already a crazy town, man. So don't. <laughs> yeah, it's um, but yeah, it's it's a really really big swing to take, mm-hmm. and they did their pre-sale today and sold all the tickets. Mm-hmm. That they put up for sale, or may there might be like I think there's like 200, 200 left or something like that. Yeah, well, and they're like way up in the nosebleeds. But they re- they re-released the like they opened up more. They mm-hmm. opened up three hundred more, and then those were selling. So all the ones that they had initially opened up sold. Mm-hmm. They sold. This was about six hours ago. They had sold over ten thousand tickets mm-hmm. in the pre-sale. So once it goes on, my, and not everyone knows about these pre-sales. I didn't know about it. Um, yeah, I didn't know it until you you had texted me. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> and uh, and I had been talking to people, I think, just earlier today who were saying, 
AEW shouldn't be doing this. This is a risk. They're not going to be able to sell this. And I just said, just wait. Yeah, I think people, myself included, I think we're forgetting what it's like when a company's hot. And And like how quickly... People are underestimating the power of CM Punk. Mm -hmm. Yeah, especially in Chicago. (laughs) We've been chanting his name for almost a decade and he hasn't... Yeah, since since 2013. (laughs) They've been chanting CM Punk. He's a mythical figure. <laughs> and people still talk about the pipe bomb to this day. Mm-hmm. They post the pipe bomb on the anniversary of the pipe bomb. Like, mm-hmm. it's crazy. It, <laughs> they talk about the pipe bomb like it's an actual person. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah and and is... it's like the pipe bomb, too. I think it. that's like what got a lot of people back into wrestling. Like, kind of like how the mid 2010s like indie and new japan boom got people back into wrestling like five years before that the pipe bomb got people back into wrestling so that's why that's why people hold these type of things in such high regard because yeah i wasn't watching wrestling at this time but stuff like this kept kept it in my it kept it in my brain if that makes sense yeah i remember watching it at the time and like being like oh shit like he just name dropped new japan and ring of honor and colt cabana which that's a whole nother thing whenever colt cabana <laughs> and cm punk are in the same company again they'll squash it yeah they got to but and i was watching it with my roommate at the time who was kind of like a lapsed wrestling fan and he's like oh and he bought a cm punk shirt that night from wwe's website after the pipe bomb and stuff like he's like oh this was cool no, yeah, it's uh that that was something I watched it years later because again mm-hmm. I wasn't watching wrestling, but that's the type of stuff that uh when I when I would see videos pop up, I would stop and watch and be like, I hear a lot about CM Punk. I mean, I did know who CM Punk was, but I knew, I what I saw of CM Punk was his brief stuff in ECW. That's mm-hmm. all I had ever watched of him. Yeah, and then I knew he went to WWE, and I was like, "Eh, I'm not really watching wrestling anymore." Yeah, and people who say he can't wrestle and stuff, just look, go on YouTube, type in CM Punk versus Samoa Joe, and they have three matches in Ring of Honor. Summer Punk, I've heard about that. Yeah, they're three matches. They're some of the three best matches you'll ever see, especially the second one. I think it is. It's an hour long match. Just watch those. It'll. And you'll be like, oh, okay, CM Punk is actually very good in the ring. Mm-hmm. So just just watch those. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just, uh, it's just so cool that they've sold out this place with no. With nothing. With it's nothing. an hour long show. Yeah, because I, I even thought, I was like, man, that's that's a lot of weeks in Chicago. Like, are people going to get burnt out? But nope. No. Nope. Because they, they, <laughs> they've done it before. And that, mm-hmm. that's what I was telling people was they ran Chicago for the Thanksgiving show mm-hmm. um, after having already been to Chicago a few times. I think, like, their first three pay-per-views were in Chicago. Yeah. I mean, Chicago's a huge wrestling town, so it makes sense. Yeah, but... it's, it's major there. Mm-hmm. So it's good. It's like New York like that level of wrestling mm-hmm. fans. Okay, so then immediately right after this this one two punch of the of the punk hint and then Darby Allen, then they hit us with Bullet Club. With <laughs> I was like, "Holy shit. 
Like I actually forgot this match was happening. I was like, wait, who's coming out now? And then they played the old school uh, Gorillas of Destiny music, and I was yeah. like, is are they here? But then I was like, oh wait, it's the U.S. title They're gonna match. Be. They're gonna oh, be. for sure. Uh, this is a- Tomatonga has been tweeting like crazy, talking about how he wants to kill the elite. So <laughs> yeah, this this is a major major hint. Mm-hmm. Them, him coming out with the uh, Gorillas of Destiny music. He can we just talk about that. how much that song bangs? The original Gorillas of Destiny song. It's I really cool. Fucking love that song. It's really cool. Um, yeah, so Hikaleo comes out um, with the Bullet Club logo on the screen, which was so cool. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, there's even fans rocking the Bullet Club shirts, throwing up the two sweet. It was, it was awesome. Brought me back to like 2000. 16, 17. He comes out. <laughs> he's cool, but people don't really know him. Yeah, so he's pretty new. The, the crowd was fairly mild, and then he turns around and points to the tunnel, and I was like, oh shit, it's going to be Gorillas of Destiny. Mm-hmm. It wasn't Gorillas of Destiny. It was fucking Haku. Yeah, it's their dad. King Haku. awesome. And Haku is one of my favorites from all the way back since I remember just starting watching wrestling. Yeah, like in, in WWF back, back when he day. had his big old afro. <laughs> yeah, when he had like, oh, this is this was a uh, pre-afro. Oh, okay, okay. This was a uh, WWF when he had like the, like the the perm, like the perm mullet. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay, yeah, we're going way back. Yeah, when he was tagging <laughs> with Barbarian and shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he was wearing their... like the the tie dye like little bike shorts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I forget their tag team name, but they were great. I don't even remember if they had one. And they might, you don't need one with those two guys. Just have beat the shit out of people. Yeah, they're, uh, they they have a match on one of the two WWF VHSs I have. Mm-hmm. So I didn't watch that one a lot because there was blood in it and it scared me. And I was like six, <laughs> so I didn't watch it. Yeah, but but yeah, Haku's a legend. He came out in Bullet Club gear too because he's like, every time he shows up in New Japan, he's always. I mean, his kids are in Bullet Club, so he's always in Bullet Club. But it's funny the. Um, that um oh, what was i gonna say that uh that vhs coincidentally well not coincidentally but just luckily is one of the most famous uh wwf events of all time that's the one where elizabeth reunites with randy savage oh okay that's so the, it's like was it wrestlemania 8 yeah, something like that. Yeah. <laughs> I was so young, I didn't know. My uncle gave it to me. I was just yeah. like, sweet, I'm going to watch this. Yeah. And that's the one where Hogan's busted up and bleeding, facing mm-hmm. uh, Sergeant Slaughter. And that's what scared the shit out of me, <laughs> was uh, was that match. Yeah, and then um, when Jericho was just on the Stone Cold podcast, he still told the story with Haku, where they were overseas somewhere back in the 90s, and they were doing like a show i forget what country it was but security guards were giving jericho crap oh yeah the so airport haku, show yeah the so haku oh, didn't like it and just started fighting like cops and stuff <laughs> my god the uh if i don't remember who was telling this i think i think there are stories from rick flair online and stuff where like haku would like there's a story where haku ripped off someone's nose in a bar like just yeah, he's, ripped off his nose. Yeah, there's all these crazy stories about like everyone wanted to be on his good side because he's like legit like the toughest guy like ever in wrestling. One thousand percent. I'm still furious that Goldberg beat him. Mm-hmm. I was so yeah. mad. 
That was the first time I ever got shoot mad at wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> I, I pretty much stopped. That, that's like when I like stopped watching wrestling. Mm-hmm. And forever is like, fuck, fuck Bill Goldberg. Mm-hmm. And it, I've never been a fan of his ever since yeah. he uh, squashed Ming mm-hmm. in, uh, in WCW. I was like, I'm not watching wrestling anymore. Yeah. And Screw then, you, Goldberg. And then WWE bought WCW and that was it. Mm-hmm. Anyways, I'm way match. off track here. <laughs> yeah. Sorry about the tangent, everyone, but no, it was no. fun. That's totally <laughs> fine. It's funny. I'm watching our uh, our sound bars, and mine is going way faster than yours. Yeah, I can see that too. It Does that like happen that all the time? Uh, sometimes. It, they're, I mean, they're matched up. It's just you were saying a lot, and then I wasn't saying much. So like, it's just eight. funny. Like it's uh, <laughs> the speed of the two is funny. Yeah. Like my. Uh, anyways. The fun things I get, I get my eyes watch when I'm talking. <laughs> okay, so back to this match. So Haku comes out and he looks fucking. I love the man. He comes out and he gets the huge pop, and <laughs> he gets jazzed and he starts doing like his little kicks and punches and stuff, yeah. and the crowd goes fucking wild. Then Archer comes out and they just have they have a nice, uh, big man match. Big Nothing man. to write home about. Um, <laughs> and it's that's to be expected because. Hikaleo is very green. He yeah, was, I think he's still pretty much a young lion. Yeah, he was just a, in Bullet Club. He's like their like young lion. A year ago. <laughs> he graduated during the pandemic, essentially. Yeah. So, yeah, he's very, very green. Mm-hmm. So this was almost like an excursion for him to come over and face Lance, Lance Archer. And it was a good match. It was fun. Yeah, was lots of big power moves to two really big guys, which AEW doesn't have a whole lot of. I mean, they have big guys, but like mm-hmm. Archer and Hikaleo, are, they're both was cool. towards seven feet tall. They're both huge. And Hikaleo's even taller than Archer, which is nuts. Yeah, and they both <laughs> picked each other up for uh, for big um, for big moves. Hikaleo picked him up for a big sit-down powerbomb, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Archer got him with the uh with the blackout which was really cool um haku even got involved haku got involved he locked on the tongan death grip on the outside which i loved Mm -hmm. um and archer sold for that which was nice um but yeah it's a for me the excitement for this is okay we're we're gonna see gorillas of destiny for sure for sure one thousand percent yeah Um, i cannot wait and i don't know when that happens but (laughs) i Here's the this is the thing now. It's like you don't know like every week some fucking random shit. I know, and the way AEW's doing all this, it's like, oh like anytime anyone has a promo now, I'm like, who's the surprise announcement gonna be? Watching uh AEW just makes me anxious now. I'm just mm-hmm. like I can't fucking look at my yeah. phone or take what it this. really reminds me of <laughs> is I, I know it's been like almost 30 years now, but mm-hmm. they reminds me of the Monday Night Wars. Like when you didn't know who the hell was going to show up on the other show. Oh, yeah. So it's so good. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, my God. This next segment was fucking awesome. So Co- Cody's out. He's by the monitors. He's uh, he's producing the show and he's asked to talk about next week's match and Cody is about to start pontificating. He <laughs> gets up and he says, we, he basically starts a, we live in a world um, promo. He's like, <laughs> we live in a world. And then fucking Alistair black comes in or Malachi black comes in and just says, eat shit. Just yeah. kicks him right in the fucking side of the head. Mid sentence. 
yeah like kicked over top of the monitor <laughs> just yeah like kicked tony Khan was there he's like what the hell that was funny i like when random tony Khan shows up on tv it's i was like oh my god like like just booted that promo right out of his mouth mm-hmm. um he wasn't having any of Cody's rah-rah bullshit this week. I thought it was fantastic. He drags Cody out the tunnel. They're brawling. Um, Cody is actually getting booed here. Mm-hmm. Cody went down and did like the little drop. Like I don't know what it is. His like drop-down like, uppercut move. Yeah, his little drop-down uppercut move and got booed. <laughs> and then uh, Malachi hit him with the, with the big knee that dropped Colonel Sanders. Um mm-hmm. Yeah. And the crowd starts chanting Malachi, Malachi, mm-hmm. Malachi. I was like, "Holy fuck!" The turns happened. Yeah, this organic turn of the fans has happened, and of all places, fucking North Carolina. Yeah, North Carolina. They love old school wrestling and dusty. Well, maybe they just don't like the roads because North Carolina is definitely flare country. So maybe they don't oh, like the roads family. <laughs> that that could be why. But that was really really cool to see mm-hmm. um i love that then the officials came out they're checking on cody including a few wrestlers including poor fuego del sol who <laughs> gets the, off, the life kicked out of him mm-hmm. like he kicked him so hard his three kids felt it yeah. <laughs> like jesus like the selling that he gave that better have gotten him a contract yeah he just stiffened up and just fell like a piece of wood it's awesome. And yeah, this this segment was phenomenal. And I really wonder if Cody anticipated that reaction from the fans. And because in interviews, he always has a really good sense of self-awareness of how people mm-hmm. think of him. Yeah. Even though he still thinks he's king shit. And he is king shit, let's be honest. Yeah. AW wouldn't even exist without him. Um, yeah. And again, I will say this until I'm blue in the face. First year of AEW, he was my wrestler of the year. Mm-hmm. I will say that until the cows come home. Or until the horses come home and then Malachi shoots them in the head. <laughs> yeah. um, the only thing, uh, I like this segment a lot. The only thing that makes me nervous is basic wrestling. Usually before the big match, the guy that has the upper hand going into the big match loses. Yes. I don't want Malachi to lose next week. Please, wrestling gods. Don't let Malachi lose next week. I will I will back up everything people are saying about Cody Rhodes, where Cody Rhodes buries the new guy mm-hmm. if he loses to Ma- if he beats Malachi Black. Yeah. I will back them up and be like They yes. don't even have to have a finish to the match. Like you can just have them where they just want to tear each other apart and they get DQ'd. That's fine. Just do not have Malachi Black lose this match. <laughs> to this point. Unless he DQs himself by like hitting Cody with a big weapon or something. Yeah. To this point, the Cody comes in and beats every uh, and puts himself over every new signing or every monster is not true. He mm-hmm. hasn't faced most of the new signings. Yeah, <laughs> of the past year, he hasn't wrestled them, so that can't be true. Yeah, the he only hasn't one been near Cage, he hasn't been near Matt Hardy, he hasn't been near. Um, uh, Brian Cage, he hasn't been like he hasn't fought any of them. They haven't been in his wheelhouse. Mm-hmm. He's been fucking around with the med card. Yeah. Which but, is the problem with Cody right now. Mm-hmm. He's brought him down to the med card level, which is 
silly because he's the face of the company. He shouldn't be doing that. Yeah. That is where Cody's problem is right now, not with the burying people. He actually hasn't really done that other than Archer. Archer and Spears. Yeah, but fucking Spears. It's Sean Spears. Really? Like, yeah. Like, enough. And even a go-go. Like, uh, you criticize the story angle, but, like, when you look at, like, a, a guy's first major match versus Cody Rhodes, yeah, Cody Rhodes wins. Of course he does. Mm-hmm. Like when you look, when you take a step back, you're like, yeah, of course Cody won that match. Yeah, like what's Cody? Cody doesn't have any place losing to a guy who hasn't who hasn't wrestled anyone who wasn't a jobber. Mm-hmm. I just, I'm just going off old school wrestling booking where the oh yeah, but I just hope right. that, I'm nervous. I hope they're doing that to swerve our expectations, which they probably are, but because I don't think you pay that much for Malachi Black just to have him lose his first match. No, for sure, and. uh Malachi Black has some input on his character, so and I think he would want would not want his character to mm-hmm. lose. Um, I think Cody goes out there, he's all piss and vinegar, and gets his fucking teeth kicked out. I hope the match is like four seconds. It's just bam, black mask over. <laughs> they they just do the Brody Lee story, yeah. <laughs> and you know maybe Cody wants to actually finish that storyline. Maybe because they didn't get to. Yeah, unfortunately. Um, like he had, they never got to the rubber match, mm-hmm. which you know was coming. Yeah, and it was probably it got it was probably Cody loses, Cody wins, Cody loses was probably mm-hmm. what was going to happen. And uh, yeah, so it's, it's unfortunate, but it's it's interesting that he's now facing another guy who's got the whole gothic aesthetic, mm-hmm. and the same things happening. Right down to him going off to do, record the Go Big show as well, yeah. <laughs> which is really a coincidence. Um, okay, that's funny. The Go Big show did that well. Did they get a second season? Because I I tried to watch it. I was not a fan. <laughs> I mean, I don't know that TNT really does great ratings ever. Like that's true. AEW is like the best show they have. Yeah, besides like NBA. Yeah, and the. Like is NBA really a show? Like it's it's not like TNT's doing something to make it great. That's I mean, true. That's true. Their halftime stuff is fantastic with Shaq mm-hmm. and Kenny yeah. and all that stuff. But that's beside the point. We need Shaq back. Shaq comes back. Cost Cody the match next week. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so next we have a Miro speaks segment oh again. My God. And this is he's Miro. This so is just good. Miro doing Miro shit at this point. <laughs> Um, I love Miro, and I, I get it because now I really want to see Miro. But it's like get put him wrestle, have him wrestle on my TV. Come on, it's happening next week. Yeah, I know, and it's going to so be awesome. <laughs> um, he said, and he he talks about this here. He says that uh, the TNT champion has been an open challenge to everybody, but nobody's signing up. The challengers have all dried up because they're all afraid of him. Mm-hmm. And, but he says one challenger has emerged, and that's Lee Johnson. He's put his name forth, and he says, uh, "He says yes, you've got a shot at the title, but you're not winning it. You're not taking the 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 championship away from Miro. This is Miro's divine right to hold the mm-hmm. championship, which is so funny. Mm-hmm. And again, with the fucking lines, he has a line at the end where he says." There are two things in life that motivate him. A vengeful God and a double-jointed wife. <laughs> like, Lord have mercy. 
Miro. God, I don't. I, I don't Miro. even know if you're allowed to say that. <laughs> <laughs> She's got to show up at some point, right? She was as for ma- sure as his manager. 1, she might even show up this week. One thousand percent, and she she'll be able to show up quite soon. Yeah, um, I guess there's ninety days in August. Stuff. Yeah, um, which so, this is in yeah. August. This will be August by the time this match rolls around. Yeah. Um, so I think it uh, it'll be just before All Out will oh, be okay. when the ninety days rolls up because she'll I be gotcha. on the ninety day. <laughs> okay, so next we have HFO versus Jungle Boy, Luchasaurus, and Christian. I I don't want to say I didn't care for this match, but I didn't care about this match. It was fine. Yeah, it's it, it's it, good. It was a trio match. We didn't get really see any tension between Christian and Jungle Boy, which was kind of weird because they've been kind of subtly mm-hmm. hinting at that, but I didn't notice any if there was any. Well, here's the thing. Christian had one move. Mm-hmm. He did one move. He did a he did a frog splash and won. Yeah, that, that what I thought it. was going to happen is when he chased Hardy, I thought he wasn't going to come back, and then Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus were going to lose, and like Christian yes. inadvertently cost them the match. That's what I thought was going to happen. I was really surprised when he showed up back on the apron. I was like, yeah, what? it was funny him and him and Marco because Christian is like a giant compared to Marco, and Christian doesn't even seem like that big of a guy. <laughs> when they're chasing oh, he's after not. Matt Hardy. He, he looks he he even looks big in AEW. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so this match, it was cool to see Luchasaurus back in front of the fans because. He hasn't even had a match on Dynamite in three months. Yeah. And this is his first match in front of fans since he uh, tore his quad, I think it was. Yeah. And he got to do that sweet triple German suplex, which was nutty looking. (laughs) That was cool. I really like that was the spot of the match for sure. (laughs) Um, Yeah, there wasn't much. uh, There wasn't too much of it. It was a short match. They had to uh, they had to. work a short match because there was a lot on the show um mm-hmm. as i said um christian ended up hitting the uh hitting a frog splash for the victory which was cool because that's that's matt hardy's move is to mm-hmm. do the uh do the final move and get the pin yeah which i thought was kind of interesting but christian's portrayed as a face when he does it which was cool um then after the match, Christian celebrating, he gets hit with the brass knuckles, which sets up a match next week between him and the Blade. I do not care about that match at all. I hope Butcher comes back. I know he's been having hand surgery and stuff. But... Yeah, so he he's maybe doing physical rehab for the hand, mm-hmm. I guess, because yeah. yeah, it was bad. Like it was mm-hmm. like I think it's like metal and pins and shit are in his hand. Yeah. So, which he's a guitar player too, so he's definitely got to have his hands working. <laughs> Oh yeah, shit! I didn't even think about that. Um, yeah, so uh, the, again, really not. When too much the blade first the attacked match. him, though, the way he was dressed, I thought it was the elite hunter. I was like, "What the hell is Frankie Gazzari doing out here?" Yeah, <laughs> when it happened, I was just like, "Oh fuck, who's this?" I was like, yeah. "Oh right, the blade." Okay, that makes sense. Who just has brass knuckles again? Fuck! I thought. Yeah, the I, whole, thought, I thought the I whole thought, point uh, was for now. Now. Uh, Orange Cassidy, Cassidy. Brass Knuckles. Yeah, that's what I thought too, because he put him in his pocket. But then I saw a a promo package um, where they showed there was an alley versus um, what was it? I don't remember. There was an alley versus a Chris Statlander match where the Brass Knuckles came out and he took them away from 
I think Allie in that match. So he's got two pairs of brass knuckles that he's taken mm-hmm. them from, taken from them before. So it really is nothing. He just is starting a collection. Yeah, he keeps going to the the flea market to buy more uh, brass knuckles from one That's of those weapon vendors. <laughs> weird. Yeah. So mm-hmm. uh, this weird blade versus Christian feud is continuing. <laughs> Slash. Oh, but no, he was also he was feuding with. Um, the best friends before. I don't know. It's really weird. It's HF- just HFO, whoever they're feuding with. He's because he's their hired muscle, right? Yeah, it's a. Uh, I don't. I don't like HFO. Mm-hmm. It's too bad. Um, they're not working for me right now. It's just like three misplaced tag teams that should be facing each other, or yeah. just in a weird team with Matt Hardy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, moving on. Next, we had a. Uh, Julia Hart versus Thunder Rosa in her first match as an AEW talent, which was nice. Um, she came out to a huge pop. Um, Thunder Rosa's gear was AEW colored, which was nice. I really liked that. I thought that was really mm-hmm. cool. That was really cool. Um, I thought she badly outclassed the less experienced opponent. Oh, Julia yeah. Hart, you could definitely tell Julia Hart was newer once she started wrestling Thunder Rosa. <laughs> Yeah, she's 19, so <laughs> yeah, get yeah, her time. Yeah. I'm not making fun of her or anything. You, oh, no. It, it was definitely a like a skill level difference. You could definitely tell. You can tell why they've kept her around, too. Like mm-hmm. She's she's really good for having like literally just graduated from the Nightmare Academy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like She's a yeah. very recent graduate. So I was like, okay, yeah, she's she's good. She's got a future. She's only Their promo, team. her and the uh, Varsity Blondes promo was... The, the whitest meat baby face promo I've ever seen. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's uh, the Bayside Tigers, the, uh, mm-hmm. the promo. Yeah, yeah. It just, yeah, it needed like, burn out, barrel after they got finished with it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. The, the new Varsity Blondes shirt, or the Flying Brian Pillman shirt, is so close to a shirt that I want. Mm-hmm. But wrestling shirts just always do that little bit too much that make me not want to buy it. Yeah. It's like it's so mean. close to just being a really good Air Jordan shirt from the nineties. Yeah, yeah. Like the shirt I'm wearing now is just Danhausen's face. Like that's all I want on my shirts. It's just like a picture of the wrestler. I'm wearing my new uh Tiger style oh, uh, that's Lee nice. Moriarty shirt. Nice with the big tiger on the back. Mm-hmm. It arrived today. I took off what I was wearing and put it directly on. <laughs> yeah. Um that's nice. Yes. Yeah, this this match was good. Uh Rosa won with as I called it when we were watching it, a stalling drop kick to the coochie and then a <laughs> fire thunder driver. Yeah. Um and then it was interesting based off her tactics and her mannerisms. I'm curious to see if they are looking to turn Thunder Rosa heel. I think would be I don't know. Yeah, I don't I know mean, what they would do because it would be hard for her not to get cheered. Cuz Rosa was they were people were really excited to see her last night. So oh, for sure. But she so, did some underhanded and vicious things in the match. Yeah, so I was like okay, mate, interesting. Because if they want, because Britt Baker is clearly a babyface right now, despite <laughs> well, it's them like, wanting her to be fe- wanting her to be heel. Yeah, it's like I don't know. They're both kind of like in that tweener role right now. Mm-hmm. So it's a. Uh, it'll be one of them will have to do something really bad. To somebody mm-hmm. to make and them. Uh, I think Britt Baker could do that. I mean, she's so good at getting heat, so she could just beat up Tony Schiavone or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, 
Like she she's getting heat until she uh oh my dog's staring at me from the top of the stairs. <laughs> no, you can't come down right now, buddy. In a minute. Food. Food. Um, <laughs> the door is closed and I can't leave the podcast to let him down. <laughs> no. You can't come down. Um Yeah, because Britt Baker keeps doing the DMD along with the fans. It's like that's a face move. Yeah, that's a big time face move. Anyways, but uh, yeah, so it's slightly confused there. Maybe they'll just do like a uh, Thunder Rosa's a face that acts like a heel, and Burt Baker's a heel that acts like a face. I don't <laughs> flip it on its head. Okay, so then we have the uh, then there was the Mox promo. We've already talked about that, yeah. so I won't talk about that again. Now we're at Deathmatch time. Oh my gosh, Mike! They did just gotta say this is everything I've wanted. Since AEW has done teasing death matches and stuff, I've always said, there's no way we'll ever see light tubes on national TV. We can't do it. There's no way. And we got like four light tube spots in this match. I was listening to multiple podcasts um, leading up to the episode, and they all said, we're not going to see light tubes, partly because of like the chemicals that are in light tubes, Mm -hmm. the glass that's going to shoot everywhere from these spots like it's just like this isn't the gcw crowd that yeah is there that stuff up for this these are like standard wrestling fans (laughs) yeah um but i mean the crowd was eating this up too they were nuts by the end of the match yeah no for sure it was great it was so fun um so we got pizza cutter gate um (laughs) right so that was uh yeah the the so you're saying you didn't get the the pizza cutter spot into the Domino's commercial up in Canada? No, we got a we got the commercial break happened during the two promos that happened just before. No, we mm. got the sorry, the, we got the commercial break happened mid Moxley promo, and I was actually quite mad about that. That's that's a pretty text- weird spot for a commercial. <laughs> I, yeah, I was I was like, what the fuck are you doing? Let me hear John Moxley talk about Tanahashi. Yeah. I was like, how dare you? And yeah, then so, I missed the intros were in the picture in picture. Okay. So, so when they Yeah, out, so you didn't even get to hear uh uh Gage's song. No, I heard it was a cover up for Whom the Bell Tolls. Yeah, like, this week because everyone cause he comes out on the indies to for Whom the Bell Tolls yeah. by Metallica. And everyone was like, Oh shit, is Tony Khan gonna cause I mean Metallica songs are not cheap. No. So but it was not. But he had like a. It was like a, like a, like an NWO version of "For Whom the Bell Tolls." Yes. So it wasn't quite "For Whom the Bell Tolls," but it was still it was awesome. <laughs> I heard it. It was uh, called like "I Walk Alone" or something. Yeah, yeah, it was good. But yeah, so the the pizza cutter gate meme joke that's going around right now is during the match, Gage is slicing Jericho up with a pizza cutter, and then here in the states they cut straight to pitcher and pitcher. And the first thing you see is a Domino's pizza commercial. Wow, Gage is still holding the bloody pizza cutter to the camera. And it's a Domino's commercial of a pizza cutter going through pizza. Like, I don't know if they planned this, or, but it was perfect. And now, like, I've been saying, I've seen people online that, like, oh, Domino's is mad. All Domino's gave out was their generic, we're looking into it, corporate type response. They're not that upset. No, the, here's the thing. As somebody who has, I worked in advertising briefly, they know 
what they're doing. This is planned. The, mm-hmm. They bought this spot. Because yeah. you have to buy your spots in the night. They bought this spot knowing that uh, Nick Gage uses a pizza cutter. Yeah. And it's blown up. This is million do- million segment episode. This is the highest rated segment on the show. Like, of course Domino's is going to be happy. They just had a, over a million people watching their commercial. <laughs> and, but yeah, they, they, I'm sure they got some, I don't know, some flack from corporate or something. Yeah, to me, like, it's hilarious. Like, if like, I was in hey, their marketing department, I was like, this is great. <laughs> it was hilarious. And people probably <laughs> went out and bought Domino's to celebrate yeah. afterwards. It's The way I judge stuff nowadays, especially, if people are making positive memes about something that happens, then it's a good sign people liked it. And the memes have all been positive from this. So... Yeah, man, it's it's genius viral marketing, mm-hmm. um, and they benefited it, benefited from it, and now they can safely uh, take a step back and plead plead ignorance. But mm-hmm. they knew because they have to sign off on it. <laughs> they saw yeah. Nick Gage come out with the pizza cutter the week before. They knew yeah. what they were signing up for. Anyways, I don't buy it for a fucking second. As somebody that used to work in advertising, I don't buy it. Okay, so I thought right away it was brilliant. Um, Nick Gage swipes at Jericho off the bat with the pizza cutter cutting his arm. Mm -hmm. Just to show that, yes, this is a legit pizza cutter. Yeah, it's a real pizza cutter. This isn't gimmick. (laughs) And what I thought was interesting here was the pizza cutter then got wrestled out of his hand and kicked away. And then later on in the match, he pulls, he pulls another pizza. one out of his pocket. He pulls, a, pulls another one out of his pocket. And, and I was thinking, that's the gimmicked one. Mm-hmm. The one that's duller. So now he can rake that one across Jericho's yeah. face. And he's not actually cutting up his face. I was like, oh, I just saw some of the magic mm-hmm. take place here. Like, he legit cuts Jericho's arm. So you're like, that's a real pizza cutter. And then they get rid of that one and he pulls out the other one. Yeah. And then uses it and you think that it's the real one now. Yeah, there's um, a match, um, Cactus Jack versus Triple H at the 2000 Royal Rumble. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's a street fight. And there's one point where Cactus Jack pulls out barbed wire two by four. Yeah. He gets it taken away from him and Triple H is beating the shit out of him with it. Yeah. And that one's real. You can see it sticking to Cactus' clothes and stuff. The ref eventually takes it. Hides it behind the Spanish announce desk. So when Mick Foley comes back and he's on top, he goes looking for it, pulls out. You could totally tell it's a different one. Yeah. But it, and then he starts hitting Triple H with it. Mm-hmm. But that's how they, yeah. It's like the so <laughs> little smoke and mirrors that they do. Mm-hmm. So I thought yeah. that was cool. Because I remember, I also remember John Moxley one time, he talked about deathmatch stuff. And he talked about like the saw spot. Like everyone's seen that like little clip of him getting like a a oh, saw yeah, on his head, man. and he said, like, and he said like, no, that's dull. It's just moving the blood around my face. <laughs> yeah. So like they, I've also seen Moxley take a weed whacker to the face. So I don't know how he faked that, but. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like this this match was cool. I'm just gonna go through a few of the spots. Gage did a Falcon Arrow. He did a <laughs> Ushiguroshi style backbreaker. Backbreaker, which was yeah. Cool. He did That's a, usually like his big move too on the indies. Mm-hmm. He did the uh, the face wash kick in the corner, which mm-hmm. I always love. Yeah, um, it's even cooler when he does it with light tubes there. 
Oh my like, god, yes. not gonna take that. <laughs> no, he's not. Um, Gage was looking under the ring a lot, which I thought was funny because he's grabbing chairs out, but he looked bothered, like he mm-hmm. couldn't find what he was looking for. So he looked around, he threw the chairs in, and then he walks in, hits Jericho with the chair, goes back. He's like looking around, and he looks like he can't find what he's looking for. Um, and I get this makes sense because this is the first time they've ever done this in AEW. It's the first time he's ever wrestled in AEW. Mm-hmm. This isn't like his uh, GCW so, always yeah. puts his stuff in a, in the same spot. So he goes over and he asks the the prop guy, the assistant guy, says like, he says like, help me. So then the <laughs> assistant guy goes under and pulls out the pane of glass and engages like, thank you, you got me, yeah. you found my glass because he, he couldn't find it. Mm-hmm. And he sets up the glass, uh, props it up on the on the chairs, and I'm like, oh my god, Jericho is Jericho's going to do the Matt Cardona spot from a week mm-hmm. ago, and he doesn't do it. He kind of rever- reverses out of it, and he does a Hurricane Rana that puts Nick Gage through the glass. Yeah, and this is one of those times when I was thinking of the crowd not being used to the glass because they showed the crowd and they showed a little girl like going like ah yeah, yeah. swinging her arms around and protecting her eyes yeah 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 that was funny they showed all these people in the crowd like like i guess the glass flew that far out of it stuff that was so awesome look i thought that was great and then nick gage he had already pulled out the the light tubes at this. He had pulled out some light tubes, but he hadn't used them yet. I thought that's all they were going to do. I was like, they're just going to tease it. And because the first time he tried to use it, didn't Jericho get the bat? Yeah, he he got Floyd out and he he hit him. And I was like, okay, they're just kind of hinting at this. Jericho's mm-hmm. not actually going to get hit by this. But once he went through the um, the glass, Gage picked him up and pile drove him head first on the, the glass. glass yeah. And I was like, oh shit, no, they're doing this. And then you look at Jericho's face and he's starting to get pizza cuttered again, which what I think is a dull pizza cutter at this point, but he's got crimson mask. Like he's all bloodied up. And then Nick Gage starts hitting him with the light tubes and he hits, he brains Jericho with the light tube while he's on his knees. And it was like full force. Yeah. Cause the, f- the first light tube shot was on Jericho's back and I was like, Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. But then while he was, Wincing from that, Nick Cage just came back and hit him right in the face with another one. Mm-hmm. And I was like, holy shit, props to Jericho. This is uh, this is Jericho. We saw that meme where it says, I'm pussy. This is uh, Jericho uh, uh, saying, this is a big fuck you to everyone that made fun of him for falling on the pad. He said, all right, fine. I'll get in the ring with Nick Cage and take light tubes to the face. <laughs> yeah, and then Gage is picking up the shards of the light tubes and just shanking them with it. And I yeah. think... Uh, I think JR at one point even yelled, what's that? And Tony Schiavone says, it's a shank. He's got a shank. Yeah, JR did not like this mask. No, he match. didn't. <laughs> no, he didn't. Which is fine. It's not for everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I can't it is even, for me. Can't even and fault I... him, really, for not liking it. Yeah. Um, I'm sure JR, or not JR, uh, uh, Jim Cornette had a corner uh, watching this match. Uh, I don't we didn't see any hypodermic needles go through a nose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We haven't got to that level yet. So no, GCW's I don't, like that's the stuff I can't. I, I don't actually yeah, like watching. I that. I love death matches, but even that kind of stuff makes me kind of turn away whenever they do that stuff. Or like the the big thing at death match was like wooden skewers they put yeah. in their heads. That always kind of gets me. But I have seen Nick Gage get pile driven on thumbtacks. Uh, you know how they just kind of dump them all out. Yeah. 
but they were all facing up. And when he got up, it looked like his head was metal because all the thumbtacks had stuck into his head. That was that's pretty nuts. That's but... cool. <laughs> um, yeah. So Nick Gage gets bigger things of. Oh, sorry, Nick Gage gets out the big tubes that are tied together. He brings mm-hmm. them in, and Jericho fights him off. He hits Nick Gage with a. Uh, with one of those tubes breaks over it. So Jericho's actually hitting him with these tubes, which is cool. Mm-hmm. Um, they're fighting a bit more. Nick Gage is going to hit him one more time with the light tubes. Jericho hits him with the great mood of mist. Yeah. And I was like, that's fucking weird, but cool. Yeah. And then just knocks the head off of Nick Gage. Yeah. With the, uh, with the, with the Judas effect for the one, two, three. And I was like, damn, that was, that was solid. That was a really good juice effect. Um, yeah, the only thing, my only complaint, it's not even really a complaint, is a nitpick, is I thought with the light tubes actually coming into play, I thought we were going to get a Judas effect through a light mm, tube. That would But be maybe cool. they couldn't do it with the mist and like, you know, it just was too hard to plan out. Or maybe Jericho didn't want to put his elbow through. Yeah, I'm tube. thinking that maybe it's just too risky. Mm-hmm. Like when you saw what happened to Matt Cardona, his shoulder. <laughs> yeah. On the path, yeah. like they legit almost had to stop that match. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and then did you see like the photos that Cardona posted like from the morning after? Yeah, where his the bed in the hotel room was soaked completely in blood. Yeah, like gross. But then he went to Disney World with the GCW title and took pictures on the Millennium Falcon with it. <laughs> yeah, as he should. As he what a was... weekend! What a week Nick Gage is having. I know, man. It's fucking awesome. Number one trend on Twitter last weekend. They beat out UFC and the Olympics at GCW. Number one segment on the number one rated show on cable this this uh, the other night. Like, come on. Nick Gage is the man. MDK so all day. So good. Gang affiliated. <laughs> yeah. Um, the god of this shit, as he says. <laughs> yeah, so then MJF comes down off the ramp and once again comes out and does a CM Punk reference. He says to uh, I didn't catch this because again I I didn't grow up with the uh, with the um oh fuck what am I saying with the, the uh, with the pipe bomb but he mm-hmm. starts it off the way the pipe bomb starts he says as you sit there in more pain than you have ever been in your entire life that's how CM Punk starts mm-hmm. the pipe bomb yeah so that that's again brilliant. And he reminds Jericho that when they first met on TV, um, way back in front of fans on Dynamite, Jericho told him that, uh, made a joke about how MJF was conceived while his parents, because his parents watched too many. Watched uh, him beat Juventud Guerrero. Uh, Jericho versus Juventud Guerrero matches. And that's why he was conceived, was because they're horny after those matches. Mm-hmm. And MJF said, Who's Hooventude in mm-hmm. uh, in that segment? And Jericho Which, told him, "How old's MJF? He's like twenty two. He he honestly probably wasn't even alive when those matches happened. Yeah, <laughs> it's, he, 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 <laughs> yes, yeah, that's legit. That, that very well could be the case. Yeah, and Jericho that was tells like ninety six, ninety seven, and I, I don't. Know. I'm gonna look up when MJF was born real quick. Jericho tells him. Um, He's like, just Google it. And then MJF says, and then, and then it cuts back to now. And MJF says, and you know what? I did Google it. And you know what you have to do, Jericho? 
you have to face Hooventude Guerrero. And in order to beat him, you have to do a move off the top rope. Mm-hmm. So we are getting the juice coming back to. Uh... Okay, so. Sorry. Uh, MJF was born in 96. So that's when those matches are going on. But he, there's no way he would remember them because he was like three. Yeah. No, he was like uh, like one, probably. Okay, there you go. <laughs> um, yeah, Juventud Guerrero in WCW was... Actually, these were my two favorite wrestlers in WCW, was Jericho and Juventud. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, yeah those matches were my were great. two favorite guys. The Juventud losses, they did the hair versus mask match, and Jericho yes. won it, so Juventud got his mask removed, and... In the uh, in yeah, the man. graphic for next week, Hooven he's wearing the mask. mask yeah, which is, which is cool because I was hoping Jericho would bring out the mask. But if he's already got it back, then that's cool too. But there are theories that um, they are running through all of Jericho's most famous matches, mm-hmm. and my theory, or not my theory, but what I hope they do is when AEW started, Jericho talked about how. His final retirement match is going to be against Lance Archer. Not Lance Archer, Lance Storm. Lance Storm. And I want MJF to have heard that and say, for the final fifth uh, labor of Jericho, you are going to be wrestling in your retirement match against against Lance Storm. That's what (laughs) I want him to do. To get into Jericho's head that if he loses it, he obviously doesn't get a match with uh, uh, MJF. And I guess like if he loses, he has to retire. That's cool. what I want the final labor to be. I think that would be incredible long-term booking mm-hmm. to take a Chris Jericho podcast where he yeah. talked about his final match and use that. Mm-hmm. I think yeah, that'd, that'd be, be awesome. Really cool. I don't even know if Lance Storm still wrestles, but... Well, he said... That they've agreed that 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 they'll do that. Oh, that okay. they yeah, because they were in Smoky Mountain Wrestling and in Japan. They're the in early ECW. They're the Thrill Seekers. I think was their tag team name. Yeah, he doesn't. Um, he doesn't wrestle anymore. But like, he could. I know he up, had a school. He could get up for to wrestle. Like, he could wrestle mm-hmm. a match. Yeah, he has a school or had a school. Or he trained, so he yeah. can still go. If you train people, you can wrestle a match. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So. Um, well, first I want to, like, what do you think they're going to do for these? Uh, Man, um, I don't know, because, I mean, this is kind of working out Jericho's favor, because it's like he's leveling up. Yeah. <laughs> like, he survived a death match with Nick Gage. He's going to have a high-flying match next week with Hooventude. Like, this is not going to work out for your favor, MJF. Like, you're making Jericho stronger. <laughs> well, the one but thing... I, I, I think it's going to be... I'd like to see him fight Sami Zayn in, like, an I Quit match, and it's like... You MJF's mean like, Sami Guevara or Sami Zayn? Well, Sammy Zayn would be cool too, but Sammy Guevara, sorry. Okay. Too many Sammys in wrestling. <laughs> Sammy it? Guevara. But uh, in like an I quit match or something. Yeah. And like if Sammy like tries to just say he quits or something, then Jericho doesn't get, like they actually have to wrestle and stuff. Maybe not an I quit match, like a last man standing match or some type of crazy match. Mm-hmm. I would really like, I th- just oh yeah, because of the Muda mist, I want Great Muda. Oh my God. He still wrestles. I think he, he might be the Noah champ still. Yeah, they could. That's like I would love Jericho or MJF to be like, since you love the Great Muda so much and you used his mist, you have to go one on one with the Undertaker player. No, you have to yeah. go one on one with the Great Muda. Yeah, that'd be dope. I'd like to see like 
Okada come back and fight him. I don't know. There's a lot of that. Just I'd like to see the thing. There's just not enough labors. They should have done all 12 like Hercules had. But Absolutely. <laughs> all right. So let's take a look at these matches for next week. Now, it the it's funny. It's, card, it's sort of. The card is sort of coming back down to earth, but not really. Um, first, we have Chris Jericho or Christian Cage versus The Blade, which, eh. But That's it fine. will continue the storyline with Jungle Boy, hopefully. Um, yeah, hopefully. he's in the graphic too, so. Yeah, so it, it uh, we'll see what happens there. Then we have an NWA Women's World Championship Eliminator. So oh, I didn't realize this. that's what this was. That's cool. This is between the Bunny and Legit Layla Hirsch. I think this will get the uh, the person into, you know that Empower show that NWA is mm-hmm. doing? The women's yeah. show? I think this might get um, the winner onto that show. Okay. Potentially. Well, that's cool. I'm glad they still have their uh, friendship with NWA, too. That's cool. I thought it might be Considering they but... stole Thunder Rosa from them. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, that just that's cool that they're all working together. And yeah. No, it, it is it is good. Um, it's even more ties with Impact, because uh, a couple weeks ago, what, Mickey James showed up representing NWA on Impact. So, yeah, that's cool. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm going a, for legit Layla Hirsch in this one, even though I do like the bunny, but I like Layla Hirsch better. For sure. Me too. Um, yeah, that'd be very cool. Then we have TNT Championship, Miro versus Lee Johnson. Poor Lee Johnson. I love you, Lee He's Johnson. Get murdered. Yeah. Maybe this will go into a feud between Miro and Dustin. Dustin's there. Um, mm-hmm. Miro destroying Dustin would be interesting as well. Yeah, that's not like... Because they're getting close, like, we're getting into August, so you guys start building towards All Out. But that's not really an All Out for you, Dustin No, it's Miro. not. It could just be Dustin's out there to support, yeah. to support Lee Johnson. I prefer that, personally. Mm-hmm. We've seen uh, um, Dustin go for the TNT title before. We don't need yeah. to see it again so soon. Um, mm-hmm. Then we have, finally, we have Cody Rhodes versus Malachi Black. In a heaven versus hell match, basically. Yeah, this graphic. <laughs> it's fucking so silly. Mm-hmm. Not um, subtle at all. <laughs> no. But I, I like it, though. It, it's just, I mean, that's pro wrestling at its Yeah, that's at its great. Base. I love it. <laughs> I love it. And then we have to look forward again to the ridiculous thought of CM Punk coming later in August. Yes. Which is not yeah. far away. August and we still don't even know when Daniel Bryan or Brian Danielson's coming. Like probably New York. Mm-hmm. I would say oh, probably, but you never know. Not to uh, to get back to the the five labors. I meant to say this when you asked me what the other ones could be. I saw this online, so I can't take credit for it. I forget who said it. But uh, somebody's like, uh, since they actually had a, a fist fight backstage, and he's not signed anymore. Just bring in Brock Lesnar <laughs> <laughs> for his final labor. <laughs> Murder him. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm trying to think of who, who else could be Jericho's famous feuds, and I can't. CM Punk, him and CM Punk had big time feud in WWE. Oh, that is a, that actually would be a really funny fifth labor. Yeah, is he brings out CM Punk to be the yeah. final guy. Yeah, the big thing. But then or Jericho would have to beat him. Yeah, that, you don't want that. But they had the big thing where uh, he brought up. Um, Punk's mom's like alcohol, like it was a pretty heated feud. He smashed CM Punk in the head with a liquor bottle because CM Punk's straight edge. If you didn't know, 
So it's like, ooh. But, but his other only other like huge feud I can think of is Shawn Michaels, but Shawn Michaels is coming over here. How cool would it be, though? Just if you think about this, we don't get the MJF versus Jericho match. He brings out CM Punk. CM Punk beats Jericho. And then CM Punk feuds with MJF. That'd be cool. That'd that be, would be I mean, that'd be a huge twist. twist. Yeah, I don't think anyone would see that. People coming. would pop so hard for that. I'd pop, but I'd also be kind of mad because they've been building it up. I would do want to see MJF versus Jericho now. <laughs> I mean, look, that's probably the thing I'm looking forward to the least. Oh, me too. Uh, during about their whole thing, it's like, yeah, I think these matches that he's doing right now are more interesting than the. MJF versus Jericho match. But no, for the sure. one thing that is interesting, I heard, I don't know if this is the case. Um, I think only the first four trials are matches. Mm. And then the fifth one is something else. Okay. So I don't know. But like uh a drinking contest or something. <laughs> <laughs> MJF would lose for sure. Um yeah. But yeah, so uh, this is a uh, this is all very cool. We will, mm-hmm. uh, I guess we'll we'll leave it there. Um, yeah, it's gonna be another exciting week next week. So oh yeah, you don't you know that something crazy is happening every week. That's what's so fun right now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. So yes, yes. Uh, and I'm excited for Malachi Black's in ring debut. Oh my goodness! <sighs> Please, wrestling gods, don't let him lose. Like I said, he can even get disqualified, or they can have a non finish. Like they just can't keep their hands off each other. They just keep brawling. So they, at all out, they have to have like a match with a crazy stipulation or something. But yeah, with the the thing with Cody having to go do some filming, um, it does lean into the fact that I would love for Malachi Black to beat him, and then that just be the end of the feud. Mm-hmm. But who knows? Yeah, just he's got to win. Because <laughs> I would, I would legit love. Cody to be the uh to be the feud for either uh Danielson or CM Punk as well. Mm-hmm. Cuz he could uh I mean this isn't entirely my take I can't quite take the credit for it but um CM Punk and Danielson come in and they're essentially the uh they come in and get all the credit for what Cody has started. Like Cody went yeah. off, started his own company, did this, he's the hard working guy on the indies and then they come in and take his credit and then I don't know if he was the if he was a heel after Malachi Black, which I can I think if they're smart they go that route. Yeah, because they're getting that'd like be cool if they did that. Right like now. anyone Malachi Black wrestles after that, they like change changes them. The darkness comes out. Oh God, he's the fiend. Oh yeah, they do that with the fiend in WWE. Never mind. <laughs> Never mind. I thought I came up with something cool myself. Never mind. Forget everything <laughs> I just. <did. laughs> it's it's there. That is a cool thing, is that when you face this guy, you change. But mm-hmm. I don't know. It uh, hasn't quite worked so well for all those people who have changed in WWE. That's true. Except for Seth Rollins. That's like the only person it's really worked for. Yes. All right. So uh, we will see you guys next week. See you. Bye.